You're listening to the Higher Ideas Podcast, where ideas grow. Connect on higherideas.net. Now here's your host, I. Hello, fellow human, and welcome back to the Higher Ideas Podcast. I'd like to start spending a little more time on this podcast uh, moving forward, uh, exploring and talking about dreams, stories relating to dreams, uh, more specifically, uh, the magic the mystery, and the medicine involved in this process we call dreaming. And I think I'll start that off today um, by telling you the story of a friend of mine. Now, this friend is called Chogua. And Chogua, just so you can have a rough idea of who he is, is basically um, a local jungle village boy. That's his character, right? He, he does live right on the edges of the city here, where the city peters out into small, you know, um, poorer neighborhoods that are more uh, in the jungle. They're living down dirt roads, uh, very far from each other, kind of like farmland, you know, uh, more natural country on the edges of town. That's where he grew up, right by a river. Um, and most of his life, most of what he knows is nature around the river. Um, and he loves to visit, uh, explore around the woods and everything like that. Just uh, he's, he's got the spirit of the wild boy in him, right? Uh, there is some Mowgli-like aspects and Tarzan-like aspects to Chogua. So that's my friend. And we talk about all kinds of things ever since I met him. And we get into all kinds of spiritual talk sometimes and, you know, speaking about things like dreams. And recently we were having one of these conversations about dreams, and in this conversation, he shared a few stories about his life and dreams. And uh, a really interesting saga sort of showed itself as I listened to him. So this is the story of Chogua and the snake. So Chogua tells me that when he was a child and a young man, younger man, he had recurring nightmares of being attacked by a snake. This was a theme. He told me he actually didn't dream that much. He doesn't dream that much. But when he was a child, that's definitely um, a dream that would often you know, stand out to him. He'd wake up and remember this intense dream of just you know, being in some kind of situation, normal situation, maybe walking through the woods or you know, hanging out by a river, and all of a sudden, a snake appearing out of the rocks, out of the bush, you know, suddenly in front of him, and it would lash out at him, it would attack him. And, you know, he described viscerally how real and intense this moment would be often. He said it would usually grab him right on the chin, right under the lips, you know, just bite him and uh, pull on his, on his chin as it sinks his teeth into him, right, pulling his whole face forward. So this really intense contact would happen in these dreams. And of course, that moment would wake him up. That would be the end of the dream. It got him. It's got its teeth in him. And he's stuck, right, being attacked. And then he'd wake up. And, you know, that was one of the most common dreams he would tend to remember uh, throughout his life. And when he told me this, I asked him, well, tell me, Chogua, were you afraid of snakes in real life during that time, you know? And he said, yeah. He would be worried about it. And he'd even had close calls with snakes. He had previously told me about a day where uh, the chickens out in the coop behind his house were very agitated, making a lot of noise. So his mother sent him over there to check on the coop. So he goes in there and he looks around, opens the door, gets in the coop, sees the chickens all a fluster. 
And um, I believe what happened was, you know, he looked around, didn't really see anything out of place, but noticed some eggs on the lower level of the coop. Uh, so he decided to grab them before heading out. And when he reached down to grab the eggs, there was a huge snake hiding in that corner uh, in the shadows. And it lashed out at his hands and it almost got him. But he, he backed off fast enough. It was a warning strike or something. You know, it didn't make contact, luckily. And, uh, you know, he definitely got spooked by this and ran out of the coop and came back with his dad, you know, and they handled the situation. They rustled it into a bag, a uh, pillowcase, and they tied a knot in it and intended to release it sometime later. But wouldn't you know it, in the night, the snake escaped and they never were able to release it. So that's a mystery right there, right? This uh, very sly snake came into Chogua's life, gave him a start in real life, you know, just like in his dreams, except it didn't get him, luckily, and then vanished like a ghost into the night, right? Out of its cage, out of its pillowcase. So he was afraid of snakes, and he had close call with snakes, and it was something that was always preoccupying him as he was out and about, you know, in life down there in the jungle parts of town. But then he added something interesting. He told me that eventually, though, he had that dream happen again. This time, I believe he was in the river, maybe swimming around or, you know, uh, waist deep or something. And a snake, again, suddenly came at him out of the water. It was in the water. A big snake came at him. And he decided to attack it. And he said that in that moment in his dream, he still remembers looking to his right hand and realizing as the snake is flying at him, that he's got a machete. And so he sliced its head off, right? And one interesting turn from his usual pattern there. And after he told me that, I asked him, did the snake ever come again? And he actually told me, no, that was the last time. Isn't that interesting, fellow human? When he finally beat it in his dream, it disappeared from his dream world. He beat it in the dream and it never came again. And when he told me that, you know, I found that interesting. And then I asked him, tell me something else, Chogua. After you cut that snake's head off in your dreams, were you still afraid of snakes in real life? And he told me, actually, not really. It kind of stopped there. So isn't that an interesting part of, uh, you know, the magic and medicine, specifically here, of dreams? Um, maybe he had that recurring nightmare all of his life because there was some kind of um, energy of snake trying to get at him in life, spiritually, to the extent where he even had an encounter with a snake in real life, right? A big, dangerous snake, it turned out to be. This energy seemed to have been stalking him in life, in his dreams, a little bit in life. And maybe that's where his fear came from, right? This feeling that it is after him. Or the flip side can be said that he was just born with a fear of snakes. It's something that scares him. And um, he was working through that in his dreams, right? And, you know, the shamans who work with medicines like ayahuasca around here, what I'm studying, they'll often talk about the mind attracting things, right? If you get scared about something, you'll tend to attract it to you. So maybe it can even be said that that fear that he was trying to work through in his dreams was actually attracting snake encounters for him in life, right? That snake encounter, and he had a couple other snake encounters, but that was definitely the big one, yeah? Um, 
these uh, these real moments possibly were being attracted by this fear he had of the snake, right? Not only attracting the encounter with the snake in dreams, maybe that also affects reality. But that's, you know, a story, a thought for another time. But in any case, uh, yeah, he did confirm that beating it in the dreams beat it in real life. His fear of it went away. And ever since that dream, he never had another snake encounter for all the years since. So in a way, it also beat it in his reality, right? Now, of course, dreams are often used to work on our fears because evolutionarily, they say, um, a part of the mechanism of dreams is to prepare you to face something you're worried you'll have to face, right? So that when it does come, you won't be as paralyzed with fear. You'll have some kind of simulation practice in your dreams um, to, to stand up to it better, right? And that's probably true. That's probably part of why that happens. But on the spiritual level, you can see how it's a person's inner struggle, inner fear, that creates that dream and attracts that dream and brings that exercise to that person. And, you know, for a thing like a recurring dream around a fear like that, it will keep coming until you actually beat it in the dream. And there's a certain amount of lucidity, there's a certain amount of strength of character, a certain amount of will, I will beat this, that has to happen, you know, for that actual shift to happen in the dream. If you're dreaming, they're always being chased by a serial killer with a knife, right? If all you ever do in your dream is run away from it, you'll never beat it and it'll keep coming until the day where in the dream you sort of slap yourself and say, God damn it, I'm fighting back, I'm sick of this, right? And at which point you may very well win in your dream ending that that cycle because you finally faced it you finally got a fire inside of you to defeat it uh, ritually right in a dream in this in this entirely energetic entirely mental exercise that does still change your spirit because as in the example of chogua there it actually rid him of his fear of snakes to kill the snake in that dream that is real spiritual process for him right um, he had a spirit that had a weakness around that, that thing, that fear of snakes. It was making him weak in his dreams. It was attracting danger to his dreams. But when he actually beat it, it permanently sealed that away. It permanently healed that weakness in his mind, in his spirit, whichever way you want to place it, right? In his psyche, in his character. So it is a spiritual practice in that sense when these kinds of exercises come along. And I was very, uh, you know impressed listening to this whole tale of his but it gets even better fellow human even more of an example of how this is an exercise this is work that he was being presented in in this challenge he told me that that moment with the, the the machete didn't just come out of the blue for him he told me that he was actually so tired of that thing happening to him in dreams that he had dreams before that final moment where he remembers preparing to fight the snake in his dreams. He would have dreams where he was preparing weapons, and he knew that he was preparing the weapon for the next time that snake comes. That's a pretty interesting moment of dream lucidity, right? To be aware enough in his dream that there is this danger that keeps coming, and I need to start changing this. And that's when he really started defeating the snake in his dreams, was preparing his tools. He even went a little further from that and told me about a dream previous to his victory where the snake did appear and come at him in whatever situation that was, 
and he felt ready. He felt, yeah, well, I got my weapons. So when he looked down to his belt, he told me, he had placed on around his belt a couple of different tools and weapons to fight with. He said that in the dream, when he looked down to reach for his tool to fight, to defend himself, they had all changed into useless things. They were not any more his tools that he had spent dream time and consciousness preparing for himself and strapping to his belt. Now they were just, you know, a ladle and like, I don't know, a spork, you know, just stuff that was useless. And so he lost in that dream too. The snake got to him and he couldn't do anything. So there was a whole training montage for him through all these different times dreaming that finally led up to a moment where the snake came at him and he didn't need tools. He realized, I've got a sword in my hand that he didn't make. You know, he had a machete just appear magically in his hand in that moment when he finally was able to swing and defeat it. Where did that machete come from in dream logic? Nowhere. It just appeared. But really, with the work I've been doing with visionary states, ayahuasca and plant medicines and some dreams, um, I could surmise that what happened in that moment is he found his own power, not in tools he had prepared or anything. That machete that appeared for him was his will, was a representation of his readiness to fight in the core of himself, right? Not, a, not to do with any tools or tricks or traps he prepared, just purely his will created that machete in his hand and he was able to strike and win. The truth is he was ready to strike and win in his dream in that moment. And the sword happened just because, because it had to, because he just needed something and it didn't matter where it came from. It manifested as a representation of his readiness to win. Here is your weapon, strike, which he did. And he won. So isn't that a great story, a great story arc over who knows how many years, you know, his whole youth, who knows how many dreams, preparing to fight the snake and then losing anyway and then getting up and trying again, you know, and eventually winning in this, this heroic moment. What a great saga to go through, purely in the simulation of dreams. Very interesting to me personally. I mean, I love to, to hear about this, not only this dream adventure, but the real material result that happened in his life, um, affected by this entirely simulated, entirely, so we say, false reality, right? So is it really that false, is the first question I'd like to ask here. Is it really that immaterial, uh, the dream world, what happens in dreams? Is it really that disconnected from reality when you can start to see in an example like that how it is kind of shaping reality. It did change his reality to beat the snake in his dream. And I explained to Chogua afterwards that that's actually really similar to a lot of the uh, trials and simulations and exercises that a medicine like ayahuasca in uh, dieta can put you through by giving you a, a vision of a snake coming at you if you're afraid of snakes. And it'll keep coming at you. That's the way it is with ayahuasca. Ayahuasca finds your fears, finds your weak spots, and works those weak spots by confronting you with them and challenging you to put weight on those weak spots and see how they break and, and figure out how you can strengthen that part and be victorious in that weakness, right? So if you're afraid of snakes, it's very likely that in ayahuasca, the snake will appear as a challenger. 
as an exercise that, again, may scare you out of a drink. You know, you may be deep in visions doing really good progress, and then a snake appears in your vision, and you would completely break out of the moment and resist possibly the medicine if you're still that afraid of a snake until you get sick of it, just like in Chogua's dream, right? Until you get sick of it getting in your way and finally defeat it in a vision, maybe the same way with a sword that magically appears in your hand when it comes at you and you finally beat it with a, a burst of will. Get the hell away from me. I'm sick of this, right? Bam! Victory. And afterwards, a person going forward working with a medicine like ayahuasca would probably never struggle with the snake again. Another kind of character would appear, representing another weakness, another piece of work to do on yourself. But these characters do appear in ayahuasca work, just like in dreams. These figures that represent a weakness or an illness or a challenge that you have to surmount. And you keep working with this repeating figure until you actually get over it, until you actually dominate it, as my maestro would say. He speaks a lot about dominating your issues, dominating you know, bad spirits and stuff like that. And in my own experience, you know, I could say the same as Chogua said. Um, I have defeated figures that have stalked me for years in ayahuasca. And every time I defeat, overcome one of those, my life improves as a result. There are real character-changing results that happen inside of me as a result of that symbolic victory over that symbolic figure, right, of, of whatever it is it's representing for you. Um, you know, so dreams and psychedelic, serious psychedelic medicine work, they're very similar in that way. And really, it's no surprise because when you're entering the ayahuasca state, it's basically entering the dream state. Um, it's, it's very intertwined with dreams. And by the same token, as I deepen my work personally with ayahuasca as an apprentice, I've noticed the effect on my dreams as well. I've noticed an increase in lucid dreams happening for me an increase in moments of lucidness where I realize what's happening in my dream and I take control, you know, fight back against some attacker or just realize I'm dreaming and, and stop being led around by the dream so much, you know, I'm slowly encroaching um, towards lucidity, towards more lucidity in dreams through growing my lucidity in the ayahuasca state. So they are related, they are very similar, and really they're brothers, sisters, they're sister states really, connecting, I think, to the exact same you know, thought place, which you can either say is within the mind, or as a shaman would say, in the outward spirit realm that connects all things. So after hearing Chagua's story and being really impressed and, and proud of him you know, for his accomplishment, I shared my own journey with the bees, which I recently went in depth with um, in Higher Ideas number 78, Bless the Bees. I do invite you to check that out after this if you haven't. But basically, for my whole life, I had a haunting fear of bees and wasps. And in fact, throughout my childhood and young life and young adulthood, just like Chogua, the bee would attack me in various forms in dreams. But it would usually take the form of one big bee one big hairy bumblebee that would just come out of nowhere in a regular dream where I'm outdoors, maybe even indoors sometimes, but it would just come at me out of nowhere without warning and latch onto me, either on my neck, either on my leg, you know, on my arm, and it would just latch so hard and be buzzing, you know, and, and in my mind it was about to sting me. 
So for me, the dream would only get as far as contact. You know, it would latch on aggressively and buzz, 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 and I'd even grab it with my hand and be pulling as hard as I can to get this huge handful of a bee off of me, you know, feeling its wings buzzing against my hand and its fur and its, you know, hard insectiness. And just, it wouldn't get off of me. It was latched on like glue. And then I'd wake up, right, in shock and, oh, oh my God, no, a bee. And that was with me just like his snake dream all throughout youth. And um, so many times, so often I've had a dream like that until I drank ayahuasca. The very first time I drank ayahuasca, it made me work that challenge. It came in the form of the wasp. I've got a wasp tattooed on my arm for exactly that moment that happened for me where ayahuasca challenged me to accept a sting, to let a huge wasp come out of the sky, you know, out of the air, land on my arm exactly where it was going to land. Ayahuasca was telling me it's going to land right there and it's going to sting you exactly there like I had a bullseye drawn on my arm, exactly where it was going to sting. And I need you to stay calm and accept it, is what Ayahuasca basically told me, challenged me with. And, you know, in the Ayahuasca moment, you'll believe a lot of things, you know. It gets very magical and intense sometimes. I saw that there was some crazy stuff going on. So it was completely reasonable for me to think in that moment, yeah, probably a wasp could come out of the sky, out of this jungle, and decide to land on my arm right there and sting me. Because Mother Nature here, Mother Ayahuasca, who's in charge of all of it, controls all of life, is telling me that she's going to make it happen. So I, I figured it was entirely possible to really, really happen. So I had to face that as a reality in that moment. Or it could have been an illusion, right? A hallucination, but still terrifying for me at the time. I don't want to hallucinate that. I don't want to allow that to happen. So I'm going to fight it. And I did. Until eventually, out of exhaustion, much time later, lots of kicking and fighting against it and breaking the moment and trying to get away from it. It just wasn't going away. Mother Ayahuasca was still there, no matter how much time I resisted. And she was still waiting for me to give her my arm so that wasp could come and get me. And I eventually did. And the wasp did come. As far as my senses told me in the darkness with the ayahuasca in me, I felt it land on my arm just like those dreams and latch on. And I knew this thing was coming. And I braced for this thing. But I ended up accepting that challenge and meeting that challenge and surmounting that challenge and surviving that challenge and learning huge lessons in that moment of intensity, of letting it happen. If you want to hear more about that, that's in my book. I don't want to spoil it. But um, long story short, right after that moment, like a chain of dominoes in my mind, I understood what the entire fear had been about all my life. And I now understood that fear in a way I never had before by staying calm and facing it and understanding the lesson on the other side of that. All the emotions it brought up in me, all the thoughts it brought up in me to accept it, what was it I was fighting inside of myself, you know? I learned all of it. The whole dynamic was exposed in that moment of facing it and, um, you know, allowing it to come, just like Chogua allowed that snake to come and fought it off, right? Cut its head off instead of running. And just like Chogua, I lost my fear of wasps and bees immediately after that. Once I understood facing it and understanding it, and then realizing why I shouldn't hold on to it and why, what it really meant, that feeling I had around bees. And I was able to make peace with it and let it go. So here you see the similarity between the magic and the medicine and you know, the spiritual exercise 
being done in dreams, purely in dreams, versus uh, with the help of a medicine that puts you in a state much like the dream state, like ayahuasca. So in that perspective, I definitely view dreams with the same kind of respect that I view these medicines now, because I see how they work on you in a very similar way. It's only that dreams are so easily forgotten, and dreams happen when it's time for them to happen, right? You don't control that so much. Not as much as deciding to sit down and drink some medicine and let the challenges come and do the work now when I choose to, right? Uh, there's a lot more control around drinking a medicine over waiting for dreams to just happen. But the exercise is the same. They're both kind of simulations, are representing things that are trying to express or heal inside of you. And the process of facing it over and over again and subjecting yourself to it over and over again is the exercise that gets you to the moment of victory, the moment of dominance, the moment of overcoming, which has, as I discussed in two examples now, um, real-world results. It changes actual things in your life, not just in your character, but possibly even in, in, in what you attract in life through that vibe that you're carrying when you carry a fear that's unresolved. You know, there's a certain amount of magnetism there, as Maestro Orlando often describes it to me, a magnetism that doesn't guarantee that thing will happen, but pulls closer the thing that you're worried about, the thing that you're not dealing with, the thing, the weakness that you're not exercising. If you're not exercising it through dreams, it'll come through reality and find another avenue to exercise you. Or if you drink medicine, it will take that opportunity to come and exercise, to invite you to dominate, to invite you to be victorious, to invite you to heal and get used to it and desensitize to it. So just a couple of stories there, fellow human, of uh, specifically the medicine at work in dreams, a process that I definitely regard as a spiritual exercise um, or an opportunity for spiritual exercise. I mean, even when you imagine the example of mustering the strength of will in a dream as Chogua did, or even in a vision when you finally get over something and face it and beat it, right? The strength of will that you have to muster up to be able to have that moment of fighting back and being victorious is usually the first time in your life you've reached that level of strength within yourself. It's like uh, working on a muscle and trying to get it stronger until finally you flex it right, flexed to a girth and level that it never had been before, a new level of strength, of will that you're able to reach, that you have to muster to have that moment. It is a spiritual evolution. It is a moment of becoming stronger as a person, as a soul, as a, a mind, as a character, which pays forward in your life in all sorts of ways. You walk away after that Understanding a new level of your power, which um, you know trickles down into all sorts of different facets of your life. Having a moment of bravery like that in a dream of getting over something that was stalking you and weakening you for a long time, afterwards in life, you are stronger in general. You're likely to have a stronger will, a stronger character, more assertiveness, less of a victim, you know? So it is exercise, spiritual exercise. So don't dismiss them as nothing, fellow human. There is some magic, there is mystery, and there is medicine in dreams. And that was just a little bit of that I wanted to discuss today. And I'm sure we'll be exploring dreams like this again before too long on the podcast. Dream Talk 2. Look forward to it. But that's it for today, fellow human. You can always find this podcast over at higherideas.net. 
along with related episode links and art and all that good stuff that I create for the podcast. Also, social media links and everything there. You will also find at the top of higherideas.net a big colorful link for the ayahuasca service I'm affiliated with over here in Peru. I'm an assistant, a trainer, a teacher, a guide for people that come to my my teacher's medicine center to do the good medicine work for themselves. And um, if that sounds interesting to anybody, do get in touch, have a look. And of course, the Patreon fund, which supports this podcast financially, keeps these episodes coming, can also be found at the top of higherideas.net, a little orange Patreon link, which I invite anybody out there to contribute anything you can to. Every little bit helps. Thank you very much. And of course, in the same breath, always a big thank you to those who are supporting through Patreon. You guys are amazing. You guys make all the difference. Most notably, the most generous of them, Mr. X. Thank you for always sticking around and being so damn generous. So that's it for this one, fellow human. Hope it was some food for thought. Happy dreams, interesting dreams, exercising dreams are all things I wish you today. And until next time, fellow human, keep thinking.